welcome to the Movie Planet. This week, we're talking about... What the heck? We interrupt this program for a special announcement. The Movie Planet podcast review for this week has been postponed until next week due to the oncoming Caitlin Vasion. Caitlin is in the building. Repeat, Caitlin is in the building. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Sally Albright to my Harry Burns, Caitlin. Welcome to the show. What up, party people? I'm is, so hyped right now. It is great to see you. With my intro song. You get your own little piece I get now. my own little intro song. Yes, uh, we are in between shows, so that means that Caitlin's going to invade. The high-functioning sociopath is in the house. <laughs> As she do. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at the Movie Planet Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at slash Movie Planet Pod, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Planet Pod. Now on this show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. This week we're doing When Harry Met Sally, so we're going straight to the romance Movie Planet Preserve, which is comprised of seven and only seven films, but currently there's one lonely single. There's a single in the romance category, and it's Pretty Woman which with, with a perfect score. Making prostitutes look great since, what, 1985? Can't remember. It was 1990, I think. Oh, close. Yeah. but Julia uh, Roberts, I heart you. Yeah, that was one where uh, me and Joel and JC got together, and we were all like, yep, it's it's perfect. And you know what's so funny? I never knew this, but I went and saw My Fair Lady this last fall in New York on Broadway, and I had no idea. I was like, holy sh**. <laughs> Sorry. Filter. I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. My Fair Lady, Pygmalion, Pretty Woman, it's all the same. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I don't think people realize how complex Pretty Woman actually is. It's a fantastic movie. It's great. Yeah. It, it It's America's Sweetheart. Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it down on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So we will discuss when Harry met Sally. And in an hour or so, we'll analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast. If you have not seen this beautiful film, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with how this movie got to be. So this week, we're talking about 1989's When Harry Met Sally, a movie made for $16 million that brought in 92.8 domestically. It was not released internationally. It wasn't, it wasn't worldwide. Wow, interesting. Yeah. It's amazing that New York didn't want to be like, look, we're New York. <laughs> we're New York world. Hey, party people. Yeah. But if we adjust this to inflation, it's actually $210.6 million, which that's a lot you for a Coco. comedy. Yeah. Uh, directed by Rob Reiner and written by the brilliant late Nora Ephron. Hmm. Yes. Uh, starring a very small cast. <laughs> not by height. Billy Crystal as Harry Burns, Meg Ryan as Sally Albright, Carrie Fisher as Marie Fisher. Mar yeah, Marie Fisher. Oh, they're Fishers. Look at that. Bruno <laughs> Kirby as, <laughs> as Jess Fisher. I wrote all this and I'm just discovering this. <laughs> and Estelle Reiner as the customer who wants what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> now, but let's get into a little trivia about the making of this movie. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. So in 1984, director Rob Reiner, producer Andy Scheinman, and writer Nora Ephron, they meet over lunch at the Russian Tea Room in New York City to develop a project. Reiner pitched an idea for a film that Efron completely rejected. The second meeting transformed into a long discussion about Reiner and Scheinman's lives as single men. Reiner remembers, quote, I was in the middle of my single life. I'd been divorced for a while. I'd been out a number of times. All these disastrous, confusing relationships, one after another, end quote. The next time they all met, Reiner said he had always wanted to do a film about two people who became friends and do not have sex because they know it will ruin their relationship but have sex anyway. Efron loved the idea and Reiner acquired a deal at a studio, just like that. For materials, 
Efron interviewed Reiner and Scheinman about their lives, creating the basis for Harry. Reiner was constantly depressed and pessimistic, yet, yet funny. Efron also got bits of dialogue from these interviews. Sally was based on Efron and some of her friends. She worked on several drafts over the years while Rob Reiner made Stand By Me and The Princess Bride. Billy Crystal experienced vicariously Reiner's return to single life after divorcing comedian filmmaker Penny Marshall and in the process was unconsciously doing research for the role of Harry. During the screenwriting process, when Efron would not feel like writing, she would interview people who worked for the production company. Some of the interviews appeared in the film as the interludes between certain scenes featuring couples talking about how they met, although the material was rewritten and reshot with actors. Efron supplied the structure of the film with much of the dialogue based on the real-life friendship between Reiner and Crystal. For example, in the scene where Sally and Harry appear on a split screen talking on the telephone while watching their respective television sets, channel surfing, this apparently was something that Crystal and Reiner did every single night. Originally, Efron wanted to call the film How They Met and went through several different titles. Reiner even started a contest with the crew during principal photography. Whoever came up with the title won a case of champagne. In order to get into the lonely mindset of Harry when he was divorced and single, Billy Crystal stayed by himself in a separate room from the cast and crew while they were shooting in Manhattan. The script initially ended with Harry and Sally remaining friends and not pursuing a romantic relationship because she felt that was the true ending, as did Reiner. Eventually, Efron and Reiner realized that it would be more appropriate ending for them to marry, though they admit that this is generally not a realistic outcome. When posed the film's central question, can men and women just be friends, Meg Ryan replied, yes, men and women can just be friends. I have a lot of platonic friends and sex doesn't get in the way. Billy Crystal said, I'm a little more optimistic than Harry, but I think it is difficult. Men basically act like stray dogs in front of a supermarket. I do have platonic friends, but not best, best, best friends. Rob Reiner initially envisioned actress Susan Day for the role of Sally Albright. When she declined, he later considered Elizabeth Perkins. He also considered casting Elizabeth McGovern. Molly Ringwald was almost cast, but Meg Ryan convinced Reiner to give her the role. Reiner's mother, Estelle, and daughter, Tracy, they both play roles in the film also. And that's all the trivia and making of we've got for this one. So, Caitlin, how did you hear about this movie? So, disclaimer, I was not alive during the year of 1989, so this is not part of my uh, my upbringing. Fantastic. I'm sorry. No, it's all um, right. No, but I'll have what she's having, which <laughs> now, you know, after watching When Harry Met Sally, I'm deeply disturbed and never, ever want to use that catchphrase ever again for as long as I shall live. Was it because the old lady said it? it just all of it. It was literally like that Friends episode where Monica shows Chandler how to do the thing. Yes. And one, oh my God, it one, just two, made three. me so uncomfortable. One, two, three, a four. Six, seven. A six. Seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> and it, oh my God, this is not appropriate to watch with your parents. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pop culture phenomenon. It just wasn't part of my time growing up. So it yeah. was something I watched later in life. Okay. Yeah, my parents actually turned me on to this movie. That's so yeah. freaking creepy. I think it was around my freshman year of high school because I remember having the video cassette and I just like the banter in it, the witty banter back and forth. It's really smart. It's a smart movie, but it also the way the dialogue goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you can totally see now why I got into the Kevin Smith movies because that's also the same stuff. Well, and I think what's funny, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a really sexually driven, sexually like forward flick no, there's a prettier way to say that but i just feel like for that time yeah i don't know how common that was well let's be clear this is not a sexy film there is no actual sex that happens on film no but that's all they freaking talk about but that's really all they talk that's about. really all they talk about yeah so for 1989 i don't know what life was like <laughs> back then if that was ahead oh, of its well, time we, we were still wearing were you still wearing girdles <laughs> girdles <laughs> okay let's talk about this movie why don't you tell me the story of your life? The story of my life? We've got 18 hours to kill before we hit New York. The story of my life isn't even going to get us out of Chicago. I mean, nothing's happened to me yet. That's why I'm going to New York. So something happened to you? Yes. Like what? 
It's like I'm going to journalism school to become a reporter. So you can write about things that happen to other people. That's one way to look at it. Suppose nothing happens to you. Suppose you lived there your whole life and nothing happens, you never meet anybody, you never become anything, and finally you die one of those New York deaths that nobody notices for two weeks until the smell drifts into the hallway. Amanda mentioned you had a dark side. That's what drew to me. Your dark side? Sure. Why don't you have a dark side? No, you're probably one of those cheerful people who dots their eyes with little hearts. I have just as much of a dark side as the next person. Oh, really? When I buy a new book, I always read the last page first. That way, in case I die before I finish, I know how it ends. That, my friend, is a dark side. That doesn't mean you're deep or anything. I mean, yes, basically, I'm a happy person. So am I. And I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. You're too busy being happy. You ever think about death? Yes. Sure you do. A fleeting thought that drifts in and out of the transom of your mind. I spend hours. I spend days. And you think this makes you a better person? When the shit comes down, I'm gonna be prepared, and you're not, that's all I'm saying. In the meantime, you're gonna ruin your whole life waiting for it. Okay, it's 1977, two years before I was born. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Harry Burns, played by Billy Crystal and Sally Albright, the great Meg Ryan, share a long, a long, long car ride from the University of Chicago to their new postgrad, lives in, wait, to their new- Lives. Lot. I can't read for. Okay, it's 1977. <laughs> no, they're going to their post-graduation lives in New York City. Unroute. They discuss whether a man and a woman can be friends without sex getting in the way. Concluding that they cannot be friends and that they part ways upon their arrival. Now, there's a lot that happens before this. We get the grape spit. Ew. And then, okay. <laughs> Disclaimer, this part of the movie really pisses me off because when they're driving across some bridge yeah. leaving Chicago, the window is rolled up, but his ass is still spitting grape seeds out of the window. The window's rolled up. Shoddy editing. Shoddy editing, yes. I hate those moments. <laughs> but, but it's great when he first spits it on there. He's like, I'll roll it down. It's really gross. And you expect it like a one and done. And no, he just keeps going. Oh, yeah. He keeps putting him out the window. That- I- Ew. magically closes whenever the camera shot changes. Literally. Yeah. I love the car ride because it is one of the best ways to explain two characters in a movie what their bond is going to be for the rest of the film. Agreed. I, they're, they're tied together. It's just, I mean, if you've ever been on a road trip with somebody you didn't really know it well, by the end of the road trip, you're like best friends. Yeah. Sadly. Definitely. Uh, Not in this case for them. <laughs> we get to, I love Meg Ryan applying her hairspray during the Casablanca story. Oh, yeah. And there are a little debate about Casablanca. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is Meg Ryan an underrated comedian? Totally. Okay. I, just I think make sure. she's, I think that romantic comedies are beneath her. Like she does them very well, but I think that she really could have been something, something great. Yeah. Someone great. Yeah. Shameless plug. If you haven't watched it on Netflix, you need to. <laughs> Netflix, we will take Netflix. Uh, 25 cents. Yeah. For that thank one. you. My commission, please. In, yes. the, in the mail. Uh, we get her ordering food. Everything oh, dear God. Please tell me, Kate. I've never eaten with you before. Please tell me you're not like this. No, and I'm one of those people that I'm like, if I complicate too much, you, someone's going to spit my food. And my <laughs> mom is notorious for sitting down at a restaurant and constantly being, um, um I have questions. Uh, and I'm like, dear fucking God, woman. Yeah. The most that I'll do is say, hey, instead of this side, can I have that side? Or mm. can I have no jalapenos? Right. That's about as difficult as I get. The dressing on the side, like no <laughs> dousing and dressing i don't care i want wet leaves i want real <laughs> wet leaves the big theme of this movie men and women cannot be friends without sex getting in the way this is some college philosophy bullshit that most people grow out of <laughs> i don't i don't know how they're even talking about sex with meg ryan dressed the way she is and i get it's 1977 but she's wearing these like cargo shorts no they up to her culottes. Is that the name? Yeah. Are they like an old school Bermuda short? They were like dress shorts. Yeah. It gross. She looked like she was on a, she looked like she was on on the Serengeti. (laughs) But funny thing about this is that if this is your first impression of somebody, this pretty much. The shorts or the sex talk? The sex talk. Oh. Yeah. This is your first impression. This sticks with the relationship the rest of the life. Yeah. And Billy Crystal's really out there. Like he, he that's thinks like very... a, he thinks like a guy does. Yes, but he's very in your face about it. He doesn't give a sh- no, and yeah. that's yeah. No, he's uh, he's got a dark side. You're like whoa. 
Yeah. Although I will say this is the most attractive I've ever seen Billy Crystal. A young Billy Crystal? Ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Yeah, ever. At least not until he's Monsters, Inc., Mike Wazowski. Aww. <laughs> Sully! <laughs> <laughs> it's 1982. Sally and Harry share a plane flight. Sally is now in a relationship with Joe, while Harry is about to get married to Helen. Helen Hilson. What a putz. Once again, Harry explains why men and women can't be friends, even if they're in relationships with other people. They part ways once again the flight, once the flight is over. Now, they're that friends before they're at the airport. It's, they've lost no. touch completely. Yeah, this has been five years. They walk past each other, and immediately he just notices her. Right, but he doesn't say anything to her. He says something to the boyfriend. Yes, because he knows Joe. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I love that he's having a conversation with Joe, and he keeps looking at her like, damn, I know you. I think he knew her all along. I think boys play games just as much as girls do. And, uh, and they're lying if they don't. Here's the, here's the thing. We do. It's just we're obvious about it. Yeah. Y'all play it like yeah. it's a game of subterfuge. And not only is it a game that we've got to figure out, we've got to figure out we're playing a game to begin with. It's War of World Crap. War of World War- Crap. It is War Crap. Yes. <laughs> World of Warcraft. Um, and yeah. he's sitting behind her on the flight. I, How serendipitous. <laughs> literally, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, this is serendipity. <laughs> and it's also, and it is also that movie with um, Ashton Kutcher and What's-Her-Face where they meet every like 10 years. And I can't think of the name of it. I could not name you three Ashton Kutcher movies. Hold, please. Is, you can oh, keep just going. Ma- I'm gonna, I can do Just Married. That's definitely not it. Although RIP to her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but other ones, yeah, I don't know. We know it's her simply because of her order of the Bloody Mary, which Ew. how hard is it to make one of these? Well, she's going to deconstruct the <laughs> how to create the perfect Bloody Mary right in front of your face. It's fantastic. A lot like love. I don't know this movie. Well, you need to watch it because it's When Harry Met Sally 2.0. Well, then it's if it's not as good. Then <laughs> OK, anyway. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And other sidebar, but not really. Why does Billy, why is he so infatuated with this male female dynamic as it relates to sex? Why does he care? Is it because he's attracted to it? Like, I just don't understand. It's probably him trying to find a doorway to even get to talk about attraction with somebody. Even though he's getting married to someone else. And even though he was telling some girl he loves her when they first got it it, during their first encounter. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. It's a weird conversation. I know. You and I don't sit and talk about sex. Not at all, actually. In fact, (laughs) I don't think I've ever spoken about sex with you. So tell me. No. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about sex, baby. So like, so okay. So she's telling her story about Joe, and she says, "Yeah, one month, and he said I love you." And I'm like, "Wow, today, that would be like burn the guy at the stake." One it's month too early. Too early for everybody. Like back then, people said it sooner. And guess what? There were less divorces. Isn't that strange? Now everybody's too cautious. I don't know. My boyfriends always said they loved me like real early on. Well, aren't you special? I think my most, my current boyfriend waited probably four or five months and I was like, what the f*** is wrong with you? I'm lovable. <laughs> yeah, you're a sweet kid. Like what? <laughs> What's happening? So I'm okay with that. Two weeks, three weeks. No, I still think even a month might be a little. Well, it just depends on how often you're spending time well, with Well, and that's the other thing too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I remember... I think I was 21, 22. I was dating somebody and we were seeing each other like every single freaking day. Which, and after a month and a half, I was like, God, you you know what? Yeah. I I think I love you. No, I I was like, y'all have to DM us with your thoughts on this one. I'm like, I truly think I I love you. And she was like, it's been a month and a half. I was like, we've spent 36 straight days together. (laughs) Slide into our DMs and tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Party people. Uh, I don't know why I love that today. Party people? Yeah. I, I, are you going to a party later? No. Are you a high-functioning sociopath? Yes. Okay. 1987, Sally tells her friends Marie and Alice that she and Joe broke up. Oh. Yeah. While Harry tells his friend Jess that Helen has left him. Now, this is great because I love Carrie Fisher, and this is the last time we see her when she's absolutely hot. She, and you know what's really funny, is yeah. it took me about halfway through the movie before I realized that was who she was. Yeah, yeah. 
She uh, is, and she's the one that's sleeping with the husband, right? Or was that the other? No, friend? she's definitely like she's. She's the she, one that's sleeping with the married guy. She pulls the Rolodex out, finds out that somebody's married, and it's like basically just corners the thing, going ah, married, but keeps it in the Rolodex. Like I'll hit that at some point. But wasn't she say, kept saying like he's never gonna leave his wife? Yes. Okay, yeah, that was her. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, you're every woman's arch nemesis in but this movie, amazing. but you're amazing, and we miss you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's got the Rolodex, which, by the way, today is replaced by a smartphone. I mean, nobody carries around a Rolodex with them anymore. No, but I would even think at that point it'd be a little black book, but I guess not. It, well, she she's an organized woman. I guess And so. this is pro- it probably was a black book at one time, and Carrie Fisher was like, I got a better idea. She carries around a Rolodex with her because that's how much of a hoe she is. <laughs> Carrie Fisher had it going on. Yes. She had it going on. Bruno Kirby's voice. I could recognize it now without seeing him at all. Oh, I I hey, love hey, you know, hate hey, him. Hey, I love hate him. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Newman on Seinfeld. Newman. Right? <laughs> yeah. Newman, yeah. Just Ugh. Hello, Jerry. Is this when they're at the That's Giants? That's really game? bad. Yes. Yeah. But just how his interactions with everyone, you're like, ugh. Yeah, but it's funny because the way that Harry and Jess talk to each other is literally how guys talk about this stuff. See, but I also think that he was more, I felt like they were pretty open with each other. Yeah, surprisingly we are, despite what social uh, tendencies tell us. Yeah, but I feel like so many guys are like, we just don't talk about that stuff. We just don't talk about that stuff. Every time one of my buddies calls me up to go out, I know it's going to be a venting session and I'll be listening. Oh, well, that gives me hope for male kind. It's what we do. We just don't do it around y'all. I guess not. And then you lie about it. That we talked about it? Yeah, that you talk about anything that's not, you know, beer. Sport, sports. Sports. Beer and sports. And girls. That's what we do. We get together. We sit down and go, hey, 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 beer? Sports. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sports. 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 Beer, sports. Sports, yeah. beer. Sports. Ba- baseballs. Boy, with the poodles already. Yeah, footballs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Harry and Sally meet again. In a bookstore. They, Serendipitous. Yes. Kismet. And, and over dinner, they discuss their lives. And it turns out being miserable actually brings them together. Just not romantically. No. <laughs> but Meg Ryan sells her story. The I spy a family part, when she's with the guy, and she realizes that she wants a family. She's telling the story about oh. playing with her her uh, ex's uh, daughter. And starts to cry or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because her daughter says, I spy a family. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. she loses it. Yeah. And, and he didn't want, and the ex didn't want kids. So Meg that's why Ryan, they parted ways. Meg Ryan plays the victim so well. I love it. She's really understated about it. Yeah. Because nothing bothers her. Which I think is cool. I think that they almost take on reverse gender norms in this movie. Like Billy Crystal is technically the Meg Ryan and Meg Ryan's Billy Crystal. By today's standards, yes. it probably is. Yes. Yeah. We're getting so meta with it today. Anyway. Okay. Harry is surprised to realize he, realize he has a woman friend. And they go on to have late night phone conversations. They visit museums and so on. Sally feels uncomfortable telling Harry she is dating again, but he encourages her to do so and tells her about his dates. They discuss his relationships with women, and Sally fakes an orgasm at a diner to prove to him that it can be done, after which another customer orders what she's having. I, like, don't... I would love to see background footage as to how this whole thing was filmed, how many takes it took. Like, that's... I've never seen Meg Ryan like that. No. It it was like watching a porno. It made me like very uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I was like, damn. I mean, it. (laughs) For all you, you know. Kids out there listening. For all you. No, for all you non-children out there listening. Girls do it. Mm -hmm. They do it all the time. They do. And gentlemen, (laughs) let me give you a little advice. Just ride the wave. Just ride the wave. Just ride the wave. If she cannot communicate to you what you're doing wrong, just let her be miserable. Mm, You're enjoying your time, and clearly she's letting you enjoy your time. That's fair. That's Uh, fair. This is the bonding period. I love them during this period. I do, too. They're great friends. Yes, they are. I love that. I just love their relationship together. They're so cute. Yes. I love my favorite, though, is the envelopes in the mailbox. She's putting the envelopes in one at a time, checking the stamp, making sure it goes in the mailbox oh. every single time. And eventually here just goes, just give me all of them and put them in there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they just balance each other out really well. Yeah. Sally responds very positively to Harry when she says she looks nice in skirts. And so it's kind of like, ooh, she's kind of she's kind of getting the feels a little bit. Yeah. But they're so low key about it. It's not this like obvious pining until kind of later on. It's a like you up. really just kind of think that they are. They just, are. 
close. But there's an attraction that's there anyway. Yeah. It's just they're focused more on the friendship. Yeah. Jess and Harry at the batting cages. <laughs> you made a woman. Meow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ew. That's never been. I've never a thought. Yeah. No. But, but whenever I hear it, I'm, he's like, I made her meow. I'm like, is that not weird? <laughs> yeah. But then again, I don't hang out with assholes. So. Oh, yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. Uh, Meg Ryan's orgasm scene is absolutely iconic. The onlookers during this time are priceless. And it's all old people. <laughs> like it's it's all the elderly. Yeah. Now there's a little backstory to this. So oh, no. the woman who says I'll have what she's having is Estelle Reiner, which is Rob Reiner's mom. That's even weirder. Yeah. When Estelle Reiner died at age 94 in 2008, the New York Times referred to her as the woman who delivered one of the most memorable funny lines in movie history. Now, apparently this scene was shot again and again and again, and Ryan demonstrated her fake orgasms for hours. That is nutso. Nutso. Katz's Deli still hangs a sign above the table that says, where Harry met Sally, hope you have what she had. I wonder what their business is like, what what revenue they bring in. Imagine how many pictures are taken daily. It's like going to the soup Nazi. (laughs) It's like, it's for real. It's like going to where the soup Nazi. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the classic scene was born when the film started to focus too much on Harry. Crystal remembers saying, we need something for Sally to talk about. And Nora Ephron said, well, faking an orgasm is a great one. And right away we said, well, the subject is good. And then Meg came on board and we talked with her about the nature of the day. And she said, well, why don't I just fake one? Just do one. Like Meg Ryan. The cojones on you, girlfriend. So Ryan suggests that the scene take place in a restaurant, and it was Crystal who came up with the scene's classic punchline, I'll have what she's having. But let's be honest, we don't remember the line. Remember the orgasm. Oh. <laughs> Putting them gender norms in a motherfucking box to the motherfucking left. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. Reiner recalls that at a test screening, all of the women in the audience were laughing while all the men were silent. <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I was oh. like... I was getting hot flashes and like not in a sexy way, yeah. like in like a, oh, I still laugh when I see it. But at the same time, I'm a little like, huh, maybe I will go out tonight. I think <laughs> I'm just I think I'm a little modest is the wrong word, but I think I'm a little prudy when it comes to stuff like that. Like you're not like sex scenes like on on film. Does it make you prudish? Just make me uncomfortable. It's like just, I'm like, here's the thing. Uh, Unless it's earned, like if, if it's an earned scene then it should make you feel uncomfortable because it's a very intimate moment between two people and you're the third wheel as the audience member watching. Complete stranger. Yes. Now, they attend a New Year's party and it's clear that feelings have developed beyond friendship. They escape the midnight kiss by running outside of the balcony and then exchanging a friendly one to keep it friendly. So weird. I've been here. <laughs> I like To me, I just feel like New Year's Eve is... Everybody's expected to kiss somebody. Just yep. do it. Why is it awkward? Especially with your friends. Here's the thing. It's awkward because they both know this has moved a little further than they expected. Well, yeah. They don't want it to. They want it to. They're conflicted. Who makes the first move? If I do it now, I get to hear the line that I've heard several times. It will ruin our friendship, which is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny when I see this. I'm pretty sure I've been that last minute date. To events for 50% of the time. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Like, my friends are like, oh, I can't go with this. Can you come? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come with you. See, I feel like I've never even been in a situation where I've had to, like, find a date to a New Year's function. Like, mm-hmm. I'm either doing something with all of my friends or I'm in a relationship and that person's there. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not in the generation where people, like, bring dates to some ambiguous well, New like, Year's Eve party. Yeah, like when people have events at their companies that they work at and stuff like that, mm. you know, and like, I need a date. Oh, okay, I'll go with you. Yeah, that's now. what real adults do. Yeah. And not there. 50% of the time, it's like, okay, we're cool. The other 50% it's like, okay. Where's the bar? Not where's the bar, but like, is this going somewhere? That's even worse. And then, or she's looking at me going, is this going somewhere? Like, it could go somewhere. But it's not supposed to because you're just supposed to be a one and done. I mean, one timer. I'd be okay with Blind it. Blind date. Again, I don't befriend assholes what does that have to do with it because everybody that i friend i i look at them as like listen you are people i want in my life for the rest of my life right you know like caitlin i hope i'm talking to you when i'm 80 years old oh yeah and you're and i'll still and be you're, 60 and you're 30 <laughs> <laughs> i i aged up a bit but my friendships are lifelong friendships but yeah. like marriages should be lifelong also <laughs> not in the united states as i said underlined should be should be <laughs> Over dinner, Harry tries to match Sally to Jesse. 
while Sally tries to match Harry to Marie. This was just miserable to watch until it wasn't. <laughs> until it wasn't. It's hysterically tragic. <laughs> it. Oh, man. Because the whole time you're sitting there going, Harry, Sally, just do it. <laughs> just do it already. Have you ever been on a blind date like that where you're like, God, will it end? Yes. I don't know that With I... With couples. Yes. I've only been in a situation where like it lagged a little bit, not like it was miserable. And mm-hmm. then there was one situation where I'd gone on a couple of dates with a guy and it was literally like we were married and I was like trying to be like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Oh. And it was one of these dragged out like he didn't understand. Like it was this tumultuous breakup. And I'm like, but I've known you five days. Yeah. We're dogs. We're you talk to us like we're dogs. Five. Broke up. That's really <laughs> it. I've never had anything like this where somebody has just made me like itch inside of my soul kind of a thing yeah Ugh. no an ex-girlfriend of mine i remember our breakup was so ambiguous that i actually called her up a week afterwards i was like so i just want to be clear we're are we have we broken up oh, gosh and, and, i don't and know she, it's worse and she goes yeah i'm like well it would have been nice to know <laughs> to overcompensate they set each other up with their friends jess and marie which is an obvious overcorrection yeah i it's uh, almost insulting. It really is. But so far, there hasn't been anything out of the ordinary between Harry and Sally, which is why this movie works so well. <laughs> they, these are two timid people who have really weird philosophies about life. They get along because of misery. Yeah. Well, misery loves company. Yeah. And, uh, well, four months later, Harry and Sally are shopping for Jesse and Marie's upcoming wedding. So Jesse and Marie got together when they bump into Harry's ex-wife. <laughs> oh, this makes me sad. First of all, can we just talk about the greatness of Meg Ryan singing karaoke? Their karaoke duo was like iconic. And of all things, they're singing Oklahoma. She's such a bad singer. too. I thought it was adorable that they I I love that. I love how they're just so cute together. Yes. It was so fun. And then that walks in and ruins it. And of course, Helen Helen, Helen is Damn it, Helen. She's so pretty, too. Like, not that I don't think Meg Ryan isn't pretty, but Helen, they're different pretties. No, she, she, she's, they're different. she's really, really pretty. She's very pretty. Yeah, but Meg Ryan's pretty also. Yes, but... You know what they are? They're both girl next door pretty. Different. See, I think Helen is not girl next door pretty. You think she's like... Mm, I think she's pretty. more like, mm, pretty. Okay. Meg Ryan's more girl next door pretty. I-, I love how Harry then projects his anger while listening to Jess and Marie argue over the wagon wheel table. I didn't really feel like it was that big of a deal. Well, it wasn't, but he's sitting there... When Here's the thing. Have you ever dated somebody that you break up, maybe they break up with you, and then they get married? No. I'm 25. It's happened to me three times. Shut up. I can tell you right now that anger is real. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. And you will blow up like this. Yeah. But the fact that Meg Ryan, like, kind of shat on him about it and was like, you can't just, like, act out on your emotions all the time. Blah, blah. I'm like, at least he feels he's the minority among men. Like, I didn't think that he acted that. And in 2019, you're right, the roles would be reversed. I just don't think that he projected all that much. Like, I didn't think that, it's not like he, like, threw a vase or something. No, but he is yelling at them about something as stupid as a wagon wheel. Well, they're yelling at each other about the wagon wheel. Uh, Yeah. So rock me mama. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what I love about their friendship is that they sit there, they have this duke out in the street, and then right away goes, can I say something? What? There's a pause. I'm sorry. It's and cute. they hug each other. And I'm like, see, that that's special right there. That what is they got special. Right there. Later, we learn that Sally is now dating Julian, while Harry is dating Emily, Tracy Reiner. What the another hell? Another Reiner member. <laughs> Could you not cast anybody outside of your family? On a budget of $16 million? I guess. But she, does she even talk? Tracy? In the movie? I don't think so. She says like so. five words, maybe. Yeah, I think it was like, what, baby, baby gorilla, baby <sighs> monkey? Baby. <laughs> oh no it was baby talk and nobody got it nobody got it that was that right there was an all improv scene i mean yeah good uh, for you meg <laughs> when hair when sally learns that her ex-boyfriend joe is getting married she calls harry in the middle of the night he comes over to comfort her and they end up having sex Oh, wow. I hate this part so much. Meg Ryan is a sloppy She's crier. gross. <laughs> She's a gross crier. But I like that she finally lets it all, let it all hang out, girl. And this might be my favorite line of the whole movie. All this time he said he didn't want to get married, but the truth is he didn't want to marry me. I think that 
is the most soul crushing thing yep. ever because I think everybody at some point or another, and if you haven't, I'm sure you will. I'm sorry. Have a relationship where <laughs> apology accepted. <laughs> have a relationship where you know. Now, in their case, they did differ on like a pretty big deal. You know, yeah. she wanted a family, she wanted marriage, she didn't. Whatever. But there are those relationships where nothing's really wrong, but it just needs to end and ends. And I think those are the hardest ones trying to, it's easy when something like big is standing in your way and blocks it and causes it to fall apart. Mm -hmm. But when it's just like, oh, it just wasn't right. Or I just wasn't right. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. First of all, where's where did where does Julian go? That's the other part. They're both in <laughs> relationships, and we just don't ever really know what happens with these relationships. The movie never explains it. Yeah, because she says that Joe is getting married. Shouldn't she have called Julian in the middle? I of the mean, night? you would think. And if you're my boyfriend, a why am I not over there with you? B here's why a, are you going? To, I, mm, here's I the thing, know. Caitlin. If you hit, if let's just say, God forbid, something was to happen to you and. Robert. Thank you. Uh, and, no, something has happened to you and an ex. Like an ex of yours is getting married and you're yeah. crying. And you call me up and be like, where's Robert? Like, I can't I, talk to him about like, this. I love you, Caitlin, but you need to talk to the guy that's laying next but, to you right I now. I mean, to be fair and in Meg Ryan, in your defense, girl, I do see like, I think that everybody has feelings or thoughts or reflections about an ex, but it's not like you can necessarily talk about that to a current relationship because then it looks like you're still hung up and it's not necessarily that you're hung up it's just that happens yeah old feelings get dredged up you know you start you feel you reflect you ponder but I can't go and like talk to a boyfriend about that because he's going to be like wait why are you why is this even an issue because they're in in here's the thing I've oh and I've always been very honest about my with my relationships and they're like listen who you loved before me is always going to be in your heart and I know that because yeah. you loved them. I mean, I don't think people want it, to think that way, though. They want to think that they're the one to replace that person. Right. And it's not a replacing thing. No. That, that, that space is already rented out in your heart. Right. So uh, I, I see her calling him. I don't see them having... I don't I don't get the sex part. Yeah. I, I, Harry looks so awkward post-sex. Uh, like, I thought this is what he wanted. This or, is where the movie really, like, turned sour for me. Or Do you think his brain had just adapted to just friends at this point? I don't know because it is evident, especially when they both come with different people to that game night, it's evident that they've got feelings and it pisses me off that now all of a sudden he is turning into this stereotypical douchebag. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's like this issue and I'm like, I I just don't get it. And I also don't like that the movie never really addressed it. It's like they were pissed at each other, Yeah, but it never went into why I felt that like there was no explanation of that i think that he had just gotten so accustomed to the just friends thing and even though that you get accustomed to that there's still like the 10 percent of you that's like well maybe this will happen but the realization the next night the next morning like okay now what is this and your brain goes into overdrive because you're like wait a sec like i i don't like i don't know how to function at this point but i don't even feel like he was questioning it from that lens. I feel like he was questioning it in the sense of like, all I wanted to do was get out of there. Didn't he say he felt suffocated or something like that? Like, I don't necessarily feel like he was even looking at it from a, what just happened. It really looked like he had sex with her. And like, then just immediately was like, ew. Yeah. I got to go. Well, he, he gets up and he starts getting dressed. She's, she's like, what's going on? And he goes like, I got to go. Can we have dinner tonight? He asks her out afterwards. Yeah, I, I, I don't. But again, this is one of the things where then you get into the dynamic of what do men and what do women want, which, by the way, I hate that term because realistically, everybody wants something different anyway. Yeah. Uh, right after something like this. How do you handle a situation when you've been that comfortable with each other before? I, mm, so I, I've, I listen, know. I've had it be really, really good and I've had it be really, really awkward. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. All things, by the way, in my 20s. <laughs> like, hey, I'm not judging. Yeah. You know, you do you. Not sure how to handle the situation. Harry and Sally grow apart. Uh, right after this, though, the phone call conversation. I, this is the best scene in the movie. It's my favorite and my least favorite in the movie. Like, why do they have two different phone lines yes. in the same bedroom? <laughs> I, and it's, this is 19, what, 80? 80, 89. No, like in this town point in time in the movie it's like what 1985 maybe yeah 85 86 okay did they even have separate phone lines back then yeah okay 
It shows my age. <laughs> did, Millennial did, problems. Did they have to go to a phone booth down the street? I don't know. I mean, line? I had a separate phone line growing up, but I grew up in the 90s and in the early 2000s. Yeah. When did you get your first cell phone? I was 13. Okay. 2007. So, 2007. Okay. 2008. Yeah. I think I got my first cell phone when I was... 35. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a car phone? <laughs> I did have a car phone, actually. Oh, gosh. Yes. Simpler times. It was in the van. Oh, my God. <laughs> it had windows. Relax. <laughs> the awkward dinner that they have. That's super quiet. Yeah. And then he's like, I just love that we can sit here and not talk. I'm like. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's not what you want to do. Uh, it, this is like sex sending you five steps back in a friendship. It, I don't even know why. <laughs> I really don't know why he even bothered asking her to dinner. I think maybe he just felt bad about being a dick and wanted to. Do yeah. something nice. But they're both trying to figure it out. She's I, talking with Marie. He's I, talking with Jess. Yeah. And they're th- these two dudes are power walking and tight. That, that has never happened. Oh, the way he power walks with those freaking compression pants. That's Gross. That's for guys to do back then. Gross. Mm-mm. Nope. Not feeling that at all. No. No. Those legs. I can tell you right now. Pixar looked at Crystal's legs and said, that's Mike Wazowski. I mean, he's got chicken legs. Oh, yes. Uh, at Jesse and Marie's wedding, they have a fight. But later at a New Year's Eve party, Harry comes over and tells Sally that he loves her. They kiss and later get married. Now, originally, they weren't going to get married at the end. Well, they really didn't. Originally, they were just going to end up saying, let's just be friends. And oh. yeah, it, they tested with the audience and they were like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got to end it with. Yeah, this. no. Uh Three weeks ago, they had sex. She's acting like she's at she wasn't at an acting party in this dissolution of the friendship. I. Again, this is where the movie really downs me. Like, I just, it's a real downer <laughs> yeah, at this point. Now, now I got 99 problems, and Harry Met Sally is all of them. Yeah. Damn. I, took pity. I took pity on Mick Ryan. I, yeah. Harry, you earned that slap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, again, I just feel like this was a, I feel like you spend hours of the movie leading up to this climax, no pun intended, and then you don't explore it at all. Then it's just like, and you have no idea how much time has passed either, which really gets on my nerves. Well, I think you you don't know it's three weeks, but you know that he's been constantly trying to get a hold of her. Right. But like between when they first started to develop a real friendship to now, you really have no idea. Is it years? Is it months? Like there's, there's a lot of ambiguity. I feel like in the dialogue that doesn't necessarily really address that. So I have no idea how much time is going by Yeah. because everything else has been in these year long increments. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if it's years. Yeah. Um, it's a really quick crescendo. Yeah. I just don't like that you lead up to this point and you build it up so much and then you don't do anything. I was like, we finally are at this point And then now all of a sudden you're just telling me that you like me because I'm a freak about how I order and we're married in an interview <laughs> the next second. Like I just but, had problems. But here's the thing. They know each other so well that it's not superficial stuff that he lists. No, it's not. It's, it's the cu- things that oh, would drive everybody cute. up a damn wall. It is cute. And he saves it with that. But again, the Harry Burns New Year's speech is what I call it. They just <laughs> never they never even talked about why the encounter was weird and I think that's something that needed to be explored it does but sometimes when you sit there saying like, I, I in fact I was talking to my mother about this that's weird no not about this specifically okay. but about digging into your past to learn things about yourself yeah and I'm like there's a reason why some rocks shouldn't be turned over your your brain has repressed certain things to move you on from them yeah other things need to be opened up to figure out but yeah sometimes it's there for a reason the block is there for a reason well and I mean, to be fair, that probably would have impacted their ultimate happiness. Yes. Harry is a persistent fella. He clearly values her as a person in his life today. All these voicemails and texts would be seen as creepy. No, I think it's really sweet. And I don't think it's what you expect from him. He's such a douche at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You don't, you, you well, expect him. Through, I think he's like this. Yeah. I think you expect him to be Mr. Cool Guy to a certain extent while also being really sensitive and open with her. So I don't know. It's, it's not shocking. But it is yeah, in a I, nice way. I think that this is the fantasy of cinema where... This is what everyone wants. Everyone says, oh, I want a guy who would do this. And then it happens. They go, the guy is psycho. He won't stop texting me. I Well, <laughs> and then to be fair, I feel like, you know, the one time that Meg picks up the phone, no conversation. Like, he doesn't know what to say. Right. He, he, so why the hell are you calling me if you don't have words? Well, part of it is you're spending so much energy to try to find something new to get their attention 
that when you finally get it, it's like a dog chasing after a car. When you get it, what happens? The dog gets hit. Well, they're not running I don't the know. car head on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, why is the dog chasing the car then? You I, know? What will it do when it gets to the car? I Well, yeah. And who knows? Maybe that was editing because they didn't develop the storyline from that point. I thought they did. But <laughs> according to the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 84%, 16 fresh reviews, and three rotten. I bet the three rotten match my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> the critics on average give this film a 7.3 out of 10. That's the fair. audience score, which is the average rating the audience give this film, is a 4.2 out of 5 with 89% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. So the movie's over, Caitlin. Were you entertained? Okay. I think it's very funny. I think Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal have a great relationship. I think they've got just real organic chemistry on, on film. Um, I love that Carrie Fisher is the best friend and she's like the other woman best friend and then ends up with this total weirdo. I think that the cast is really smart. Um, I think the writing is really smart. I just, it's a little sex saturated for me, um, which I'm, I'm like, I get it. And I get that that's what people talk about. But like in a movie, I don't know that I want to hear just like talk about sex. There's more to a relationship than that. Yeah. And it's very fixated on sex. And then again, I just did not like how we spent all this time, all the serendipitous moments leading up to this climax of them getting together. And then they just don't talk about it. And then at the end, they're being interviewed with these other couples that are married, which that was never explained either. Why the hell are you sitting in for an interview? An interview from who or for what? Well, they're just interludes to break up the years. I. The interview parts? Yeah. Yeah, but I want to know why I'm looking at that. Like, he's just not that into you. Well, they explain. They're, that, all, like, they're all stories of how people met. I know, but I'm just, eh, I don't know. I just feel like it. they ran out of time. They took so long to get to the climax, <laughs> and they were like, holy shit, we're at two hours. We better just wrap this sucker up. Yeah. I don't know. All in all, like, I think it's a great rom-com. I think it's risque for a rom-com, especially at that time. But... Yeah, there were some parts of it that I didn't love. Okay, that's okay. That's my spiel. All right, well, for me, every time I see this, I'm entertained. Every single time. You're a boy. I think that's why. It's not why. There are so many subtle things about what's going on in this movie, and it's just delightful to see a small cast carry a movie like this. Because you can see this being on the big screen going, there's only five people in this whole movie. <laughs> like, I love Bill, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal as two people I would never have thought to cast no. as a couple in a romantic no. comedy. No, especially today, on an attraction so, level. Today would be let's find the hottest guy and the hottest woman. Yeah, and that's not how it goes no. most of the time. Billy Crystal is definitely boy next door. I look like a troll. I, I, oh, I no, I, you don't. I've, I've dated some people that are way out of my league <laughs> because I am Mister Personality. <laughs> That's what matters. Damn right. Because guess what? When I'm 90 years old and all this is faded, you still get the jokes. That's fair. Yeah. Now, let's get to our next segment. Did the awards get it right? At the Academy Awards, it uh, was nominated for Best Writing, but it lost to Dead Poet Society. Dude. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I think it got it right. That yeah. One. That Dead Poets should have won. Yeah, no no question. Uh, as for the Golden Globes, you get five nom- nominations. One for Best Director, but it went to Oliver Stone for Born on the Fourth of July. And based off of what you said about the editing earlier. Uh, I'm just saying. And it wasn't just the one scene. There were plenty of editing mistakes in this movie. I just think that smaller details could have been ironed out better across the board. Uh, It was nominated for Best Motion Picture as a Comedy or a Musical, but it went to Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, of course. Oh, The Little Mermaid. Which is bull because When Harry Met Sally is a hell of a lot funnier than Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy is not meant to be funny. This is comedy or musical. Oh, see, to me, I don't look at Driving Miss Daisy as it's meant to be like, Comedy, like yeah. I think it's got comedy in there. So does the help. But this is like the Martian winning for best comedy motion picture. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> As for the Little Mermaid, that was cute. But when Harry Met Sally is the best comedy. Jody Benson, I love you, and he has no idea what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> best actor for a comedy or musical went to Morgan Freeman. Of course, we love Morgan. I love Morgan. I recently watched Parenthood though, about two weeks ago. The show or the movie? The movie with Steve Martin. Oh. I forgot how good that movie is. What does that have to do with anything? Because Steve Martin was nominated for Best Actor. Oh, I didn't see him on our on our list. I don't know. Jack Nicholson and Batman, though. But he, he was the Joker. He was sadistic. Yeah, it, that's creepy. Yeah. I still... I think, oh, comedy or musical. Why is Batman in comedy or musical? That's why I'm saying. <laughs> that's weird. Uh, best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Jessica Tandy for Driving Miss Daisy wins over Meg Ryan. You. I'm sorry Meg Ryan wins this category. I don't, I mean, 
I think you're. D- I'm I- gonna be forty. I'm gonna when? be forty someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about turning thirty. I know, and people when are. When are you turning thirty? Someday. <laughs> four years from four years and some change. Someday. But she's so great as a comedian in this. She is, but I think that again, I don't like the category of Driving Miss Daisy being in comedy or musical. Okay, so should Meg Ryan have won? If Driving Miss Daisy wasn't in there, yes. I think that they're two completely different movies. I don't necessarily feel like it's a fair comparison. Exactly. So she should have won. I. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Best, best screenplay goes to Born on the Fourth of July, but you got Deadpool Society, you got Do the Right Thing, you got Glory, Sex Lies, and Videotape, and When Harry Met Sally. Of those six, I would actually give my vote to Deadpool Society. I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's one of yeah one of the tops that Robin Williams ever did. And then a close second would be Do the Right Thing or When Harry Met Sally. I just feel like this is kind of a poor year for movies. This is not the typical category of movies that you see by today's standards. Yeah. Granted, not everybody was doing indie flicks back in 1989, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it just seems a little it's, subpar compared to what we're doing now with Lady Bird and Shape of Water. And, and if Bill Street could talk. And Books, Booksmart. The hell? Oh. Did you see that yet? No, not yet. <sighs> Sorry. Maybe next time. All right. On to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things that we want to highlight in this movie. And then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. Let's start with the top three. Caitlin, what are your top three things to highlight? Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher. Hell yeah. She's amazing. And I love that she's the other woman. <laughs> Ratchet as hell, girl. Big fan of the adult, adultery, aren't you? And I also <laughs> love, I just love that she's got this butch style haircut in the 80s. But she's cute as hell with it. And she's still being the other one. Like, she is not the stereotypical, like, uh, you know, what you would personify as the other woman. Yes. In this movie. I also love her dynamic with her husband. Yeah, just the whole thing. How they met, how they just are like immediately moving in and doing the damn thing. Yeah. Um, Next one, Meg Ryan's hairstyles. (laughs) She goes through through like five or six, but they all look amazing. (laughs) She's got a great face. She really does for hair. Very pretty. 70s and 80s hair was just not great, and she makes it great. She starts off with that Farrah Fawcett look. Yeah, and then, you know, all the different perm, like, variations of perms that she gets. There's love. Um, But the biggest thing, I would say, is that exploration of lost time and serendipity, how the fact that, like, fate, the stars, kismet, just continue to kind of bring them together. It was like the universe had it in its plan. There's something just helplessly romantic about that. I got to agree. My my three, number my number three is, I like the I like the interludes in between the different time periods. I seeing elderly couples talk about how they met, it just adds an element of romance to it. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I, yeah. I, tell yeah. me tell me your story, you know. Uh, my number <laughs> my number two are there are scenes where Ryan is not just Billy Crystal's equal; she surpasses him. Agreed. And Sally is a great character, and she's super honest. Agreed. <laughs> But my number one, I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. I just got chill bumps. It's awesome. Boys, why don't you talk like that? We do. You all won't date us. No, <laughs> because you guess don't. what we are? We're your friends. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the bottom three. It's time to vent. Caitlin, what are your three uglies? In I this? feel like I've already said it. You got to go into it. I don't like that they didn't go more into the complexity that was them sleeping together. Again, I felt like we built up all this time to this moment and then the movie's over. And I'm, I'm just like, what? Um, Crystal's first character. <laughs> like, what a weenie hut junior. Like, he's such a putz. Um, I also really don't like, like, I think it's more evident that he has feelings for Meg than Meg does for him. Yes throughout the entire movie, but he is so hung up on his ex-wife. And like, I get it because they're battling this tumultuous, like, I like you as more than a friend, but you're also my best friend. It's like talking about the books when Barbara Streisand 
and Robert Redford, they break up in The Way We Were and she calls him over because he's her best friend and they've got to talk about the books and she's sad and yeah. Anyway. You are perfect for this podcast because you just mentioned the movie The Way We Were. I, of The Way We Were. <laughs> Your woman's lovely Hubble. You have oh. to understand something here. Caitlin, is how old are you? 25. She's a 65-year-old woman in a 25-year-old's body. I really am. She's an old soul. Barbara, I love you. Okay. <laughs> Babs. The last one was was the ending. Like, yes, of course, I love that they end up together. I love that they had them get married. But again, it's like the last 30 minutes of the movie were completely rushed. Like, yeah. I felt like I couldn't invest in this stage of their story. And I hated that. For me, my number three is this movie drips with New York self-gratification. It's the best city in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what New York always says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number two, the choreographed phone calls post. What? It's one, it's one of my favorite scenes, but it's also one of my least favorite because whenever I see these, I know it is a data dump and this could never actually happen the way that it does. Okay, fair. Yeah. Especially when you sit there, like I muted it whenever... One of them, one side of the conversation was done talking. And the space in between what they were trying to say was way too long. Mm. Yeah. Editing. Yeah. My Editing, folk. My number one, this movie hits me in the heartbreak sections way too often. It is a nostalgic oh. kick to all my mistakes in past relationships. Yeah, that's hard. It's a hard that's one. That's hard. But I still love watching it. It's like Whiplash. Whiplash nails me for stuff that happened to me in college, but... I still love this movie. So funny story. I was watching How to Be Single last night. I don't know why. I was just like, man, I haven't watched it in forever. It's it's a funny movie. It's lighthearted. But they talk about how women, when they break up, you know, they're on this binge of Bridget Jones's Diary and Sex in the City. And it's like they fantasize the single life when all these women. Moment. Yeah. When all these women actually just wanted to get boyfriends and like we're just pursuing men. But they were like, I know it's tempting in the moment. Yeah but it makes you want to jump off a cliff afterwards. It's like self-sabotaging. <laughs> it's sad. Well, we're going to go to our critics rating here. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad, it receives Fs from all the hosts. It goes to a new category of movie, the movie planet global killer, a movie oh, that man. is so bad. It's amazing. Uh, the room with a Friday, the 13th series. Oh, I've watched these recently. Why? I'd never it's not Halloween. I had never seen them. They were all available on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch these. I, they Around when I was a kid, I just never got to see them. They're an iconic franchise. Let's see how good it is. Holy hell, Caitlin. It's bad. This is so bad. It's amazing. But this movie, by today's standards, what do you give when Harry met Sally in the romance feature film genre? Now, Caitlin, <laughs> last time I had the last word. Do you want the last word on this one? I don't care. Okay, okay. So do you want to go first or second? I don't care. You pick. Okay. Let you play your man card. Uh, Search your dominance. Oh, great. So whatever I choose, I'm an asshole. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll be third. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So I do love that the movie appeals to all types. There's definitely a romanticism about it, but it's not super obnoxious. It's not necessarily unrealistic either. I think that it's something that both men and women can enjoy, which is not typical of rom-coms. I think that, you know, the notion that these two soulmates are walking through stages of their life without one another is very serendipitous. I think that there's something super romantic and just universal. The universe is pulling them together. There's something beautiful about it. Carrie Fisher as the best friend. Yes. Um, the dynamic between Megan Crystal. I think that they're a great duo. I think that they're not a stereotypical duo to your point and I think that that really adds to the whole just taste of the movie I love that it's fast paced it reminds me of like a 1980s version of Gilmore Girls it's super witty super fast paced like current great um it's all in all a great movie however I'm gonna give it a B because I just that ending really stuffed it for me I felt like it lacked development I felt like it was quick and rushed and I just was a little bothered by it and then, of course, the editing with the taxi window or whatever with the grape seeds. <laughs> Some things you just can't get over. I'm going to give it a B. Okay. For me, this is not just a couple's movie. This is a single's movie, too. <laughs> it, it hits on all levels. If you're in a couple, it makes you appreciate the journey it's taken to get to where you're at. Yeah. If you're single, it gives you license to sympathize with the moments of strife at the beginning. 
But many single people have been in love, and this movie reminds them of that feeling too. And maybe gives you a little pep to get out there and think, if, if Harry Burns can do it, then I can do it. For real, though. Uh, the direction of this movie and editing of this film is practically elite. Practically. Emphasis on practically. Yeah. It's not elite. It's pra- It's almost there. Okay. Uh, it's small cast, so it's important. It's casted correctly. Ryan and Crystal go without saying, but Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher are exactly the types of friends I would expect both of them to have. Oh, yeah. It's also great to see their reactions to everything that is going on <laughs> with their friends who they know are going to end up together eventually. Yeah. Nora Ephron's writing is the MVP of this film. So being that there isn't a chink in the armor outside of the occasional nitpick, this is definitely one of my Desert Island movies. Oh, wow. I'm a big softy and romantic despite all my outspoken craziness and occasional cynicism. And this movie speaks to me whenever I see it. However, Caitlin, you Uh got me to change my grade today. Oh. Sometimes when we do these shows, whoever I'm hosting with adds perspectives that I don't see. Ooh, and you. I can't just sit back and go, well, this is what I see, because realistically, if you open my eyes to something else, I got to say, hey, it's not that. And I originally gave this movie an A minus. Actually, I gave it an A first. Then I read what you wrote. And I was like, <laughs> this is an A minus. Sorry. But then we spoke Uh-oh. more. I'm knocking it down to a B plus. Really? Yeah. I'm wow. Knocking it down to a B plus. It, it, because, again, there are certain things that I did not notice that you brought up. Interesting. And because of that, I can't sit back going, well, I think it's this, this, this. It's not. It, you're right. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, how a movie makes somebody feel when they finish watching it yeah. is more important than a lot of that other stuff. No, it is. But also there's a proficiency that's needed to make the good film. Uh, yes, and definitely. There are, certain thi- there are technical things that you called out in this that I didn't even notice the thousandth time that I saw this. I'm weird about that, though. That's why you're on the show. Thanks. Uh, so. All my fans. I'm giving it a B plus. You gave it a B. That makes it a B. Because <laughs> <laughs> we always round down here because I'm a math teacher. And if you want a B plus, earn the B plus. It's Ooh, a 9.5. So it's in the nine range. That makes it a B. It's right underneath Pretty Woman in the Pantheon. Until we do Never Been Kissed. Or the next movie that we're doing. Uh, Never been kissed. Well, nah. let's get her critics' hats off, though. Okay. okay. No longer being super technical, people. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Do you love this movie? Like this movie? None of the above. Caitlin? I do like it. I mean, definitely would watch it again. Yeah. Um, I would not call it my Desert Island movie. Okay. For me, it's I love this movie. I love every time I, I, I love see it. I love that. Movie. I love that you love it. I love this movie. Uh, but you know, that's fun. This is all we've got time for today. Now, next show. Never been kissed. Do you want to nominate a movie? Never been kissed. You want to nominate a movie? Drew Barrymore's never been kissed. Guess what? Next show with Caitlin, whenever this is going to be, we just don't know, is going to be... Never been kissed. For the Romance Pantheon. Woo! Uh, Get and, ready. And then after that, I'm gonna, we're doing mine. <laughs> are you going to Are you gonna tell the people? No, I'm going to keep that as a surprise. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. But never been kissed for the Romance Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four or five star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at Movie Planet Pod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts and not just me. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Thank you for listening and happy movie watching. Peace out, peeps. We out. We out.